Hello and welcome to Discussing Who. As of this recording, it is Tuesday, February the 20th, 2018, as we prepare to review Doctor Who Series 1, Episode 7, The Long Game. So for you, wherever you may be in all of space and time, thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe to the show via Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast player. We also invite you to check out Discussing Comics, where we discuss a variety of characters wherever they can be found, on the big screen, the small screen, online, or in print. Most recently, Clarence and I were joined by Carrie Brown of the Tech Petition Podcast for our review of Black Panther. Find out what we had to think and say about this particular movie by visiting and subscribing at DiscussingComics.com. So let's start with introductions, and since I said Clarence, the impossible co-host himself, Mr. Clarence Brown. Clarence, got a question for you. Anything interesting going on with you this week? Uh, besides my inner world uh, voices, uh, not 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 much, not much. Uh, chilling out, Max, and relaxing, all cool, and all that, so, yeah. Going anywhere not a whole fine? Uh, well, yeah, later this week. Oh, yeah, this weekend. Yeah, we'll be at Pensacon, which is in Pensacola, Florida. And it's a pretty, pretty big uh, convention. And it's going to be our first time. It should be a lot of fun. And, yeah, if you see us down there, say hi. Cool beans. The and guys with the shirts with the TARDISes on them. Yep. Which, uh, will, which will, and honestly, might be a lot of people <laughs> at this convention. Quite possibly. That, that's not going to narrow it down. Though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the two guys that look like Doctor Who fans, you know, yeah. <laughs> Pretty know. much everybody. Everybody. <laughs> and and that voice that you hear in the background, <laughs> who has actually just seen the Black Panther today, Mr. Lee Shackelford. So how was I the guess. movie? Um I don't know. I won't know until I listen to the latest discussing comics. So, uh, <laughs> but I thought you had seen the movie. No, no. I have to. I have to wait for you to tell me what to think. Uh oh. So, uh, no, no. I completely and totally loved it, and uh, I, I'm a, I'm a I'm a straight dude. I'm a, I'm an aggressively straight dude, but I think I may be in love with Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> so, oh man. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I will admit that whole. Um, but the the uh, challenge of the throne scenes, I'm like, this is purely for women, purely, <laughs> purely for women. I'll sit through it, but it is purely for women. Oh, and isn't it about time? <laughs> it is about dog time. So let me say this. He okay. was on the cover of Rolling Stone, he being Chadwick Boseman. Mm -hmm. And the some of the Internet memes and pictures of the responses was there was um, there was one. uh that, that that I just was like laughing out loud whenever I saw it was it was a picture of a woman who was pregnant and and the caption was I just looked at the picture and now I'm pregnant. <laughs> there you go. And you know he, he and I were once in Birmingham at the same time and it, and if I had known you know I could have gotten into the presence there but um but oh, yeah they, they they filmed 42 in Birmingham and um yeah in which he's Jackie Robinson. And, uh, yeah, I, I was around while, while that shoot was going on. And, you know, anyway, now I know. Now you know. You could have been in the presence of royalty. <laughs> exactly. Get this man to shield. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I think we're going to be going. So anybody listening, Clarence and I, uh, Lee, Lee, unfortunately, was cursed by my computer 
mishaps that I had a couple of months ago. So we mm-hmm. were waiting on Lee to get back in and Clarence and I went into this whole back and forth. What a world in a world kind of yes. voice, which you do it much better than I do, by the way. Mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, I don't think that's a good thing because now my throat is hurting. So, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. so, so since we're doing introduction, let me also not forget myself. I'm Kyle Jones. And again, for anyone listening, thank you for joining. And we also want to invite you to follow us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash discussing who. And we'll be posting behind the scenes bonus content there and more. And should you feel so inclined, feel free to support the show. This support that we receive via Patreon helps to pay costs associated with the show and for Discussing Comics. So for this show, Discussing Who and Discussing Comics. So um, before we get into the review, I want to talk a little bit about the news of the day. And I feel like I need a cloister bell ringing because this is a momentous day for Doctor Who. So cloister bells start ringing. Ah, cool. There you go. All right. So I want to use a phrase that I've often heard my father say, and I want to change it up a little bit. It's <laughs> not what you say, but how you write it. Doctor Who <laughs> has a new logo. Yes. Guys, what do you think? I, I loved it. I just, my, my instant, you know, as soon as my eye fell on it, I said, ooh, I like, I like it. Did you guys see the video reveal as well that was on YouTube? Uh, no, no. Yeah, it's a little, you know, graphic-y. Uh, okay. You know how the movies do when they kind of pan over the words and pull yeah. back to this view mm-hmm. of the, the whole thing? That's that's kind of what they did. It's pretty cool. Oh, okay, yeah. I, 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 love a, I love a graphic reveal like that. That's great. Yeah, as, as yeah. graphics uh, font creators around the world scramble mm-hmm. to create right. the new Who font. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, and, you know, it think? is funny that since they've changed it with so many times over the years, I, w- I was telling telling my wife uh, just this evening that I said yeah, it's, it's it's become sort of a branding problem for the show when somebody says you know put the Doctor Who logo on it, you, know, you have to say <laughs> which one, you know? Yeah. And we've sort of settled. I guess the BBC somewhere along the way sort of settled on of all things the third Doctor's uh, logo because it's just it's just font. I mean, it's just. You know, it is pretty simple and pretty graphically clean. So uh, all the stuff that you buy from from the BBC, that's what it's got on it is the the third doctor. Now, now see, I don't I I don't disagree completely with you, but I do. I will say that I think it depends on which merchandise line that you get, because Uh, that's true. Because I I do know not of a lot of the novelizations use Mm -hmm. um the logo you're referring to, but like some of the toys and the other items use the one that's been around since Matt Smith, which is, you know, the same thing for the most part used with Peter Capaldi. Right, right. That, that typeface. Yeah. But, 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 uh, but, yeah. but, but I will say this. What's really interesting, even though it's different, the, the, the way it's written side by side and the thin letters hearken a lot to the ninth doctor to me. Hmm. A little bit different, but the, you know, the yeah. red and mm-hmm. the orange. And, oh, that's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the thin letters, because cause I yeah. remember the first time I saw the thin letters with, with that, I was like, oh, no, that's not Doctor Who. You know, that doesn't look Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Any, any, yeah. I, what do you guys think about the, 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 the line or bit, you know, that's kind of going through the D and going through the O? That's what I like about it. And that's yeah. something in logos that I've designed. I'm, I'm always trying to make graphics go through letters of the alphabet. I mean, you, <laughs> you, I mean, relativity has got a big antenna right through the eye in the middle of, uh, 
the word. You know, I, I can't resist stuff like that. So, you know. Well, look at what we did with the first version of Doctor. I mean, discussing who with mm. my weird O slash um, um, magnifying glass thing. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, Clarence, you made a interesting comment about the picture. <laughs> and, and, and now every time I see this picture, uh, I'm thinking, ow, the, those boots hurt. Yeah, it just looks weird. It looks like a weird combination of this long flowing coat and boots. <laughs> no pants, apparently. I guess she's got the uh, uh, whatever you call them, capris of or whatever. It's a, yeah. Kind of a legging, yeah. Yeah, but with with the coat and the silhouette, all you see is coat and boots. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Check it out. <laughs> and you know, I'm I I'm really you know I'm not going to say. Well, I really didn't see much in the pictures that I've seen, but I have seen one where. The doctor is walking and it's carrying one of those like, I don't know what you call them. It may be fanny packs or whatever, but the, um, you know, where, you know, where you can like, I mean, you put it around your waist and you put, and there's, you know, is that, what is it called? In the U.S. we say fanny pack. They, you don't say that over there because over there fanny is something else. Okay. Gotcha. What? what, what, Wait, really? Am I, am I lost on this? Um. Maybe I well, look it up. <laughs> she, she she's got one and you don't. Let's put it. Ah, that. So wow. yeah, they don't say fanny pack over there. Sorry, UK listeners. Sorry, <laughs> I, I plead my American ignorance. <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, that's one of those things that uh, one learns the hard way when you're traveling in. A- <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and I tell well, you, you know, you, you know, when you're traveling you know. to Paris, you, you eat the food, you say the wrong words, you know, right. kiss a girl, yep. you know, kiss, so, kiss hey. a total stranger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When That's in right. Rome, talk like the Roman. Yeah. Or at least try to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So does anybody else other than uh, weird shoes, uh, um, um, wardrobe, I'm thinking of a good word, wardrobe, accessories, or logos. Do we have any other news that anybody can think of? Uh, I don't, I don't think have so. Anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's that's been the big Doctor Who uh, 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 info drop is that silhouette and the, uh, the new logo. So that's well, what we got for the well, moment. Well, one more bit of Doctor Who news that kind of accompanied that. It mm. looks like I don't have a date yet, but I do have a month, October. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So Let's that, count them down. <laughs> and, and, and that makes me wonder if we will have, if those 10 episodes were or will be including Christmas. So mm. do we get oh, 10 episodes and Christmas or mm. do we get 10 episodes inclu- and included in that is Yeah, we'll find out. You know, because if we've got, think about it, we've got, um, d- you know, depending on when, if it starts, say, the last weekend in, uh, you know, the, you know, the last weekend in October, theoretically, I, I'm, I don't have a calendar in front of me, but you're, you would be marching right up to Christmas or close to it with, yeah. by the time you got to the 10th episode. Mm-hmm. That's so, right. So, but we will find out. And all in due time. So, all right. Well, guys, if we don't have any other things, I'd say let's get into our review. Let's do it. All right. Good Up deal. to Satellite 5. There you go. <laughs> the uh, news. All right. So here we <laughs> yeah. go to the news. All right. So this is our review of The Long Game. It was written by Russell T. Davies, directed by Brian Green, and broadcast on the 7th of May, 2005. Final viewing figures in the U.K. were eight. 
1.01 million. So here we go. If you have not seen this episode, we encourage you to do so. But be warned. And this is actually, you know, anybody listening, this is one of my favorite parts of the show. From this point forward, spoilers. 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 Okay, so let me say something first. So for this episode, this was actually quite interesting. So two episodes ago, three episodes ago, we've got the Sladeen, one of the worst villains, I think, that we've ever had in Doctor Who. We turn right around and we see the Daleks, one of the best, even, you know, argue over saturation or not, one of the best. And now this. So I got to say, seeing a bloated, slimy, self-absorbed, self-preserving, media-obsessed, and power-hungry creature maneuver itself, utilizing an outside hostile force, as we will discover later in this series, to grasp control of the human race. I don't know. I just felt like I had seen this somewhere (laughs) before. I mean, maybe I remembered this episode maybe a little (laughs) bit better than I thought I did Mm -hmm. for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh What do you guys think? And I thought you were going to follow that up by saying, but enough about the current political climate. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't have to say it, did you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't oh. even get that. Oh. Yeah, sure. Yes, yeah. Yeah, the little halo over Kyle's head. Wow, I yeah. totally didn't get that. Anyway. <laughs> um, totally didn't get that. I, I mean, wait, let me say that um, – Self-absorbed, slimy, bloated, self-preserving, media-obsessed, and power-hungry creature. Yeah. Weird. Didn't get that. Yeah. yeah no. I mean, and, and just to be a bit more more serious, actually, that can apply to a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and, I know we, we, we kid, but, but it can apply to a lot of things around the world. Yeah. As surely it did in 2005. I mean... <laughs> Uh, I remember that people were sort of saying at the time, this is um, this is uh, writers, uh, a whole show at the BBC, kind of biting the hand that feeds it, um, or at least sort of gumming the hand that feeds it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, because yeah, surely the BBC is being mocked as much as, as anything else. True. And, um, and, and, you know, the, I made the joke and I, I, I purposely made the joke the way I did, A, because I thought it was fun and funny, but B, because... You know, regardless of what, because you justly related it to the, you know, the BBC, I'm relating it to something else. And I think that regardless of what side of the ocean you're on or what side of the aisle you're on, whether, you know, the, the situation might be, it showcases, I think, how our experiences shape our point of view. And what I mean by that is I'm watching this as an American in 2005. I'm watching this as an American in 2018 and the context of what I'm getting from this watch, my experiences between 05 and 18 shape how I perceive this episode completely different. That's right. Everything that we read, everything that we experience is different every time we experience it because we are different. I should write a book. <laughs> Except that my wife has already written that book. <laughs> but it's true. It's absolutely true what you're saying. And, and I, I, like I, I, I messaged you earlier, I was saying that uh, I think I enjoyed this episode a lot more this time. And I think it's, you know, it's, the episode hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah. But, and, 
and, and just to, you know, think of other things that this could have been, you know, um, kind of piggybacking off of. I mean, I'll get away from America completely. Uh, think about uh, North Korea. Uh, you can even kind of translate that to China a little bit, you know, um, a regime that's completely uh, controlling the dissemination of, of news to its people when thereby, that's right. you know, controlling the people. Yep. Yeah, totally. And, you, you know, I wonder, okay, so how, how, how do I want to say this? I wonder in, in, in the entire context of, of what this episode represents, and, and I'm going back to the context comment that I made before, you know, the idea of more and more and more channels, I think they said they had like 5,000 channels or, or that, mm-hmm. you know, that they're broadcasting. Growing up in Mississippi, rural Mississippi, and Clarence, you can attest to this, I'm sure, as well. You know, I can remember having three channels, and uh, maybe if the wind was blowing right, you might get a fourth channel. And, of course, you had public broadcasting. So, at best, five channels might be, you know, and then when you get, get basic cable in the mid-90s, it's like, oh, 20 Ooh, 20 channels. Wow. You know, in hog heaven there. Mm. But the idea that that we can't today find stuff to watch and there's (laughs) unlimited content. And even in our time now, to some degree, you know, that that I think this episode really spoke to me for some reason. And I know I'm kind of uh, just free associating here, but just in the sense of how media shapes for the good and the bad uh it, i don't know it's just i don't know a very thought-provoking episode for me mm-hmm. yeah yeah we're, we're all we're all a little more mature than we were in 2005 2006 you know we we have a little more um uh better informed view of how people's opinions get shaped so i i think that the episode had more resonance for for all three of us this time it's, so yeah. so let me ask you guys um just on a broad sense, without getting into specifics, what said this episode to you? I mean, what was your take on this episode? And Clarence, I'll let you take that first. Uh, my take on this episode, uh, of course, we kind of hit it at some of the, um, uh, the, the, the fake news part of this, uh, dare I say those words, but I also think it shows how it kind of reminds me going back to the, was the second episode? With Cassandra, yes, um, just the greed, and the doctor hates the greed. <laughs> he hates the greed, and uh, uh, man, got a very good um, view of that in this episode. Mm. True, Lee. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, same thing. I was, I was struck um, also by um, um, the doctor as as sort of the moral arbiter. That there, he just puts it. He just sort of drops anchor and says, "No, I know the history of this planet. This is wrong." <laughs> you, 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 you know, and, and, and it sort of makes him judge, jury and executioner, which, you know, I guess is what he's always done. But uh, in this case, it was no, no, you're telling people lies. That's wrong. So I'm going to fix it. And, um, you know, and we 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 cheer for him. We, you know, we're all sort of punching yeah. the air and say, yes, yes. Uh, I, I thought the um, um, this is a, a sort of how you can tell a Russell T. Davies script. Uh, I always say is that the minor characters are always so interesting that he he never brings a character in and just sort of dismisses them 
you know, gives them two lines that anybody could say, you know, he always makes these characters so interesting. And, uh, I just love the, the, um, uh, the, the tension between Suki and, uh, Kathy. Um, oh, yeah. Kathika. Uh, and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're competing and so on. And Suki, Suki has still got hero in her even after she's dead. <laughs> you know, that's, that's Russell T. Davies writing at work. And, and, and Adam, Adam does something completely stupid. And, um, but you know, it's, it's also something that probably would have people's minds, you know, and would have said, what's the harm? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, <sighs> I, so, total, so, 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 so I, I want to hold off if we don't mind on yeah. Adam real quick. I, I, I want to talk a little bit. Uh, to kind of, you know, segue in, into Adam in just a moment. But I, I want to keep on the overall theme of the media for a moment. Okay. And I want to ask you guys a question because I, I've got some comments about or some questions about Kathy, Susie and the editor for that matter. So um, I've got a question to you guys. Uh, what makes a journalist a journalist? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, my knee-jerk answer is my knee-jerk answer is telling the truth. But yeah, yeah, yeah certainly. And I, I kind of wanted to interject this a minute ago when we were, you know, talking about, you know, you kind of made this statement, kind of going through the history of how we're now in, you know, five hundred channels and not a darn thing on. And it's a real change, and in this episode is showing the. I think it's a. I think it's very much showing the twenty-four hour news cycle, and when you speak to what is a journalist, I think that has kind of changed the game completely uh, with, you know, cable news on all the time is that, you know, it went from Tom Brokaw or um, Dan rather back in the day reporting the news to you not only report the news, you have to stay on TV all day and give your opinion about that. And and, and once you have that, it's, it's a totally different thing. And so, yeah, what, 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 I don't know, what is a journalist these days? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. who knows? Well, you know, there's, there's the, and the way I look at it is who is the journalist and who is the commentator? Because mm-hmm. the commentator yeah. is, you know, there to provide an opinion. The journalist yeah. is there to provide the fact. It's kind of a blurry line, isn't it? It is. It really, you know, really I, is. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm older than you guys. Yeah. So, so I'm always the old man on the show, but, uh, I am old enough to remember people talking about this moment that, um, Walter Cronkite, who was sort of the beloved news anchor uh, to the extent that, you know, we, we called him uncle Walter, you know, he was, he was our trusted friend. And this is during the war in Vietnam. And there, there was a, a newscast in which he got it from his desk and walked over to a map of Vietnam and started talking about why the war isn't winnable from our perspective. And you still, they still study this in journalism classes because people say this is the moment. He got up from his death, stopped reading the news, and he said, here's what I think. <laughs> so simple, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's like something shattered somewhere and you can never put the pieces back together again. Oh, um, man. So, yeah. So, who's, so what's a journalist? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and, and then if you want to pull that that same concept, you know, a little forward to around the late uh, 20 aughts where you have the emergence of technologies like, you know, maybe a Facebook or Twitter to where we're seeing today with our current administration where um, and not only him because because Barack did it, too, uh, to where, you know, instead of having these special 
events on the news every now and then to address the nation, you know, they're pretty much talking to the nation all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it yeah. just totally, totally, totally huge shift. Well, here's why I asked that question, and it leads into uh, Kathika and Susie, for that matter. The confrontation or the the not confrontation, but the talks that they had with the doctor, the the interaction is, I guess, the best word with the doctor. You know, uh, there is at one point, I think he says, you're a journalist. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and he questioned what they were doing as no, not you're, what you're doing is not journalism. This is not, you know, this what's happening to you and the way that you're accessing and doing things. That is not journalism. You're being fed information. You're well, not finding information. Well, 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 think again to what time this is coming out, you know, 2005. And around that time, we saw the... Around 2005, it was where the Internet started to take off, maybe a little bit before that. But certainly, if you look at a lot of blogs, uh, bloggers and some even some news outlets out there, um, even today, the news is pretty much an echo chamber, an echo chamber. And um, especially in the tech world, which is kind of what I focus on mostly, uh, one person will report a story and it just gets echoed around the web. And that's kind of what's happening here. Um they're so-called quote-unquote quote journalists, but they're just recanting what somebody else told them. So, again, what makes a journalist? And also in 2005, before I forget it, you know, we we need to look at how the way we as as a society is, and it's it's basically piggybacking here off of what you just said. In 2005, only a few short months after um, you know this episode aired came the first episode of Doctor Who Podshock, and I'm sure other podcasts about that time. So, you know, podcasting as a medium was another way to what? Digest and consume content. So mm-hmm. making it more timely and looking back on this episode than maybe I realized at first. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, um, I was struck by the fact that, um, and I know this can't be an accident, RTD is too careful a writer for this, but I, I love the idea that the the journalists um, they got this port in the front of their head and the, uh, all this, all this data goes streaming into it. And Rose says that if it all goes through her, she must be a genius. And the doctor says, nah, she wouldn't remember. It. It's too much. Her head would blow up. The brain's the processor. As soon as it closes, she forgets. So oh, they, they only get it for as long as it's pertinent yeah. and then it all goes away, which I think is exactly how we consume, you know, information right now. It's, it's, it's too much. It's just too much. And so we think about things for as long as they're on the screen or as long as we're hearing it, and then it's gone again. Like it didn't happen, and it doesn't matter. So it's quite beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it really is. (laughs) But Incidentally, I just read today that um, that was a a budget cut or a a budget choice, having the little ports in front of their heads in the script. The whole top of their head came off. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Eek. <laughs> I think I like the port now. Yeah, I think yeah. I like the port better now, too. Wow. But yeah. <laughs> oh, think how that last moment would have been. Uh-huh. The mom yeah. really would have freaked out. Would have expected a different look on her face. Yeah. But anyway. So, so, so before yeah. we get to Adam, let me ask a question. What did you guys think of the editor? And I, 
and Lee, when you give your answer, I know I've read the name, seen the name, seen the guy before, Simon Pegg, um, or and Clarence, you may be able to answer this too. I'm just not familiar or immediately remembrancing of anything he's been in. So, guys, what did you think of the editor? You know uh, Simon Pegg. Yeah. Tell yeah. me. How do I know yeah. Simon? Well, in the current Star Trek uh, movie series, he's Scotty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, sir. Okay. And didn't he, didn't he write the third Beyond? I think he wrote. That's right. Movie. He did indeed. Yeah, because he is an he is one of those uh, quadruple threats. He's an actor, writer, yeah. director. Um, Shaun of the Dead, my favorite yeah. of his uh, films that he's written and starred in. Um, yeah, and, and lots and lots of other things. He yeah, you just you just need to look him up on IMDb. He is he is one of the workingest people out there. And um, apparently, you know, I, I I've talked to people who've talked to him, and they just say he's a heck of a nice guy. So. Cool. Got to love him, yeah. And apparently, it was kind of a coup that his his star is rising enough that it was kind of a coup getting him for this show. And uh, but he's a fan. He you know he grew up in the UK, loving the show, and so being able to be on a Doctor Who is a he said a dream come true. So here you go. Yeah, yeah. So, he definitely gave me that that John Sims vibe. <laughs> that's right. That's that's why I kept thinking I kept calling him John Samuel. Of course, it's Simon <laughs> Pegg. But but you know they both have last names that end in double consonants. And that kind of, but <laughs> but yeah, that 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 calculated cool. I'm just doing my job. You know, I can't help it that this is how things work out. You know, that, yeah. yeah. He, well, he was a lot like the master in that way. Um, yeah, anyway. but 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 it's interesting, Clarence, that you said that because I kept. Thinking, where do I recognize these mannerisms from? And I never really realized until you said that, that it was, you know, John Sam that he was just, um, you know, I was picking that up from Missy. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you guys think of his, not necessarily the actor's portrayal, but the character in general as in his motivations as what he was doing as his ending of what happened to him what what are your thoughts and that's the part that i think is disappointing here because he's such a he's such a great actor that uh i i wish there was something more rewarding for him to do but i, I to me as a writer it's it's transparent that what we've got is the big bad that's going to be revealed in the end that the jagrafess and we have all these poor people kind of on the ground doing the work but we need somebody to say what the Jagrafess is doing, you know, he's so the editor is just there to for exposition, really. Yeah. Uh, and it's and it's too bad um, because I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, Simon Pegg deserved better. But um, it, it, but it, we, we we did still still feel uh, enough that he was responsible for what's going on because he's not doing anything to change it. That, uh, you know, I, I was I was glad when uh when he didn't get out at the end. <laughs> what about you, Clarence? Yeah, it, it, it makes me wonder how much of a choice he had. Uh, Cause he did say he was there representing the banks. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, was he there on his own will? Could they have, uh, you know, denied this Max character, which I would yeah. not dare say his name again for the second episode <laughs> of a villain. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, how how much choice did he truly have? I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Yeah, who, who he who controls the uh, he who controls the wallet controls the world. So maybe yeah. uh, the bank did. You know, he didn't have. But he did resign there at the end and was about yeah. to <laughs> run away. 
<laughs> to save his skin, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He didn't resign to help people. He resigned to, like you said, attempt <laughs> keyword there, attempt to skate, to save his skin. That's right. And, and I guess it kind of echoes Adam's attempt to, you know, steal what, what, what the, the airwaves, you know, it was all about money. And, and we're seeing where, you know, he's, presumably these banks that he's working for is, is allowing, you know, this alien to do this because, because it's all about the money, you know? So I wonder how much true control he really had over everybody. Cause he seemed pretty helpless. <laughs> he's middle management, isn't he? He just sort of has to do what he's told as well. Point taken. Yeah. So since you mentioned uh, Adam, I think this is a good way to segue into Adam. Let me say this. I remembered Adam being on there and being on there briefly. I didn't remember exactly what happened to him other than he just was kind of like not working, you know, didn't work yeah. out and the doctor took him back. So let me ask you guys a question. And I think this is a good presentation. I think the reason they did Adam's story the way they did it was it's a good presentation or representation of the temptation that comes with being a companion to the doctor, something that we really don't see that often. So my question to you guys is, do we fault Adam for the things that he did? Oh, man. Um, I guess I'll go for 100 percent, 100 percent. And, you know, we we've seen this before. Um, I dare say most of you guys have seen Back to the Future. So, so this is Adam's Biff moment. That's he true. See, he sees the almanac and he yep. sees this chance to make himself. I'm presuming rich because what other purpose will he have for, you know, sending this information back? Mm. Uh, maybe he was influenced from being a part of the. Um, I can't even remember the guy's name from last episode. The museum owners working for him yeah, as a yeah. as yeah. a archiver. Um, That's true. Yeah. How, how did he end up with Von Stassen in the first place? Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, he, he saw an opportunity. He took it. We, we all know it's the wrong decision. And do I fault for, fault him for doing so? Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause he is clearly, clearly by any judgment, the wrong thing to do. And, and I had forgotten the, the way he has to kind of play Rose to do it. That once he realizes he's got her phone and what it's capable of, he just starts lying to her. Oh, man. It's just like, <laughs> oh, Adam. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hope you end up with a hole in the front of your head. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I just listened again because I enjoy listening to it so much. Um, uh, the episode of this very show uh, where, where the two of you were talking about World War Three. <laughs> I, I just listened to it over and over again. <laughs> but... but but just because it's fun to, to hear you uh, rant and fume. But it, uh, part of the problem with, with, the, with the whole thing with the Slodine is that we're not the, we're not the intended audience. I mean, it, what it did was it reminded me when, when that episode aired in the U.S., my son was 10 years old and he wow. loved the Slodine. You know, really? I mean, <laughs> yes. And there was nothing funnier in the whole world than that, than, than Adam's mom snapping her fingers at the end. And, ah, you know, yeah. I mean, so the fact that Adam's got a hole in his head, you know, that's that's a joke for 10 year olds. And, you know, the audience is full of them. So, you know, that, that's yeah. part of it. We, we do. I think we do have to remember that the show is supposed to be for for kids, at least on some level. You know, it's at least it's supposed to include them. It's supposed to always be including them. Good um, point. Good point. It, 
<laughs> that's funny. I, uh, I, I don't want, I hate to keep just ping ponging inside my own head, but, <laughs> but that, that also reminds me of a, um, when I, uh, when John Barrowman was at Gallifrey and, uh, and I was there and he, he, uh, one of the things I remember from that, from his being on stage was that he, 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 he was talking with somebody else on the panel about Torchwood and, Somebody on the panel said they weren't familiar with the show, and just instantly he said, "Well, it's Doctor Who for grownups." And the audience, <laughs> the audience gasped. Hissed him. Yes, they first they gasped, then, then this hissing arose. And he said, "Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. That's well, no, it is. George it is <laughs> Doctor Who for grownups. This is Doctor Who for the late night. That's what it is. That's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Doctor One. <Yeah>. The One. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, I want to ask Kyle a question because I okay. know he's seen he's seen Black Lightning. Uh, do you do you do you remember? Well, I guess I've gave, given away already. But did did uh, Kathika look familiar to you? She does now. <laughs> I kept looking at her, thinking, "Where have I seen you before?" Same as I was doing when I was watching a certain guard or the general of the guards in Black. Uh, Panther saying, where have I seen you before? So yeah. now I understand where I've seen her before. She's yeah, the wife. Miss- uh, she's the wife, right? Yeah. Lynn Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, cool. See, I haven't been watching that show, but I recognized her as Agent Weaver from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ah, really? So- yes, I remember her from that. But see, meanwhile, guys, I was doing the same thing with um, Suki saying, I know her from somewhere. She has a very distinctive face. And she, that's, that's Anna Maxwell Martin. She was, um, uh, among many other things, she's uh, Elizabeth Darcy in um, the uh, miniseries Death Comes to Pemberley, which would only interest, <sighs> yeah, anyway, <laughs> Death Comes to Pemberley, trust me. You have to be a fan of Jane Austen and Murder Mysteries, which both my wife and I are. So, of course, we watch Death Comes to Pemberley. Anyway, the lead, <laughs> that's her. It's Anna Maxwell Martin. So, yeah. And here she was, uh, as uh, poor Suki, who has an interesting double life. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. The Freedom Foundation. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, yeah, and I, and, go ahead. And, well, let me say, I love the symmetry of their names, too. Uh, I think Cat, well, not really symmetry, but the way um, I guess they were intentionally long and kind of wordy because <laughs> you have Cathicus, uh Santini. Kandina, Kandini, right? And then you have Suki McCree Cantrell, you know, and and they said the whole thing both times. I thought it was really cool. So, you know, just a little thing I pointed out. (laughs) I I like that too. I thought that was RTD sort of making a a, a multicultural uh, statement that 200,000 years from now, yeah, that we'll all have names like that, right? For a long time. (laughs) Suki McCree Cantrell. Which is another (laughs) example of RTD being a very good writer. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's yeah. so so subtle, but there it is. Yeah. And, you know, you made a comment earlier, Lee, that, that, you know, I've been sitting here the whole time we've been talking, thinking, and you are very, very right in what you said about how he doesn't create throwaway characters. You may throw them away. They're only there for one episode. But the, the woman who even gave um, Adam the port in his head yes. is, is memorable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, She was creepy. Yeah. Creepy, but memorable. But memorable, right. Creepy and memorable. Yeah. Yeah. When we get to, um, when we get to, um, the the last uh, two parter of this series, we'll we'll get to a couple of my favorite characters who could easily have been dismissed. And instead, RTD makes us love them, you know? 
anyway, I'll save that for later. But. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Yeah. So let me go back to Adam. Adam, excuse me, real quick. The thing that got me more than anything with him and, and, and the things that he did, I asked myself, would I be tempted to find out things about the you know near future or something like that if I was presented to travel with the doctor and you know go places with the doctor? Would I be tempted? I have to say I wouldn't be tempted, but I would be tempted by something. But I'll tell you that in a minute. But honestly, for a question for the both of you, would you be tempted to like at least ask him to take you somewhere for emotional slash personal gain? And I'm kind of segueing into the next episode, <laughs> but uh, without doing say, so, would you, you be tempted? But, but would you be tempted? <sighs> Oh, to see something again that uh, that meant a lot to us in the past, just or to, just find to out information that might oh, advance yeah. you or something. Oh, that I always wondered thing. Absolutely, yeah. What about you, Clarence? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I have to ponder on that one a bit. <laughs> but, but not not to go back and try to change something. You mean? Is that what you mean? Or I, it could mean anything. Yeah, you, yeah. You, exactly. you take it how you interpret it. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's definitely events I like to see with my own, you know, these own eyes. So, um, yeah, I, I could think of more than a few of those I'd love to do. Okay. So mine, when I answered that question, went a little bit more diabolical, unfortunately. Uh -oh. Um, mine was more so in the same sense of if anyone ever asked me what power would I want to have or someone, you know, I've been told before, that if I had superpowers or I were from a comic book, I would be Dr. Doom. And that would be because I would want to take whatever power you have. I wouldn't want the TARDIS. I would want to figure out some way to become a Time Lord or be able to regenerate. So Interesting. So I would probably not be a good companion because I would be constantly trying to absorb the doctor's regeneration ability. So, mm. yeah. I met and, a, and I... Yeah, <laughs> I might be better suited to travel with Missy. <laughs> uh, yeah, until she tires of you, and then yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that makes me say something nice. Exactly, yeah, because that's that's how it would end. It wouldn't wouldn't end well. But yeah, no, it's 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 a great uh, ethical question because I like to think that I wouldn't be I wouldn't even be tempted to do what what Adam did. But who knows? Actually presented with that kind of temptation, mm. who, who knows? So I mean. Hmm. I have a question for you guys. Okay. And, um, I guess we got this during our, um, our mandatory bad wolf reference for the episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but how does a face of bowl become pregnant? <laughs> Um, maybe somebody can very interestingly. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, and that's all we ever heard of that. That didn't, that didn't uh, go anywhere. <laughs> so yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that may be one they wish they could take back. <laughs> yeah. So oh, but it's just, you know, that RTD is just loving playing with the whole notion of gender. So we've already established, we guess that the face of Bo is male. We guess. Right. Um, yeah. And then later on, we're going to strongly hint that he's a specific male that we know. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, but he's also pregnant. Yeah. Is that, is that, yeah. Which, um, uh, after becoming a big giant head, I guess it's not outside the realm of possibility. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Anything if, you're, if you're willing to accept that. Yeah. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the jokes could go on and on and on and on. on, and on. But we won't go there. We, we, two, we, two, in a podcast, well, we won't go there. We won't. Yeah. Just because meet you on the 500th floor. Yeah. Because it is right. the face of Bo. 
the face of bone who will say its final secret. Oh, right. <laughs> and it's how I got pregnant, not what he actually says. <laughs> <laughs> On a future episode of <laughs> Discussing Who. Yeah, and, and another thing this episode like really remind me of, and <clears throat> when, when there's something that, you know, uh, that you may be reaching toward or an aspiration that you... You, you really have been working hard to accomplish. And lo and behold, when you get to the floor 500 and, and there's not a room full of gold and it, it, what you thought would be awesome and great and celebratory is just <sighs> disappointment. Mm, good point. Yep, it's true. It's it's a great truth that that addresses. Yeah, it really is. But isn't that what PR is and and in a nutshell and in, and in a way you know businesses do that you know it's a it's a motivational tool to entice for that worker person to work better to get to that fi- you know 500th floor or oh whatever yeah I, I I worked in the advertising business just long enough to be disgusted and to walk away. I mean, really, <laughs> this is when I lived in New York, and I I I, I was I was uh, yeah I was a lowly person, but I was around the guys who make all the decisions, and just being around those guys, those are the most relentlessly evil, unrepentantly evil people I've ever been around in my life. Oh, and wow. I, 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 I I I I used to entertain myself in Manhattan by walking around the streets at at night, and some one of my friends asked me, "Aren't you scared to be?" in New York at night. I said, the people in New York who scare me are the ones who are there in the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Wow. That's one of my, that's one of my favorite things I've ever said to somebody. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, it, but it was true. But yeah, so that totally rang true. Of course they, they've, they've promised them all kinds of things about what going to floor 500 means. Yeah. So they'll want it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Sheesh. I mean, that was just, they even said, you know, that was how the, the big blob slob thing became <laughs> their, the, you know, to rule over was, you know, they promised all these things to these people that made them give that power to the big blob clob, slob thing. So, right. And, and it's not just the people in Satellite 5, it's now the whole human race. Correct. Exactly. They've all been promised wonderful things. So, you know, which is, which is all that our TV commercials do is promise us this is going to immediately make you happy. It's going to make you thin. It's going to make you pretty. It's going to make you smell nice. It's going to make you, yeah, you're going to have so much fun with this thing once you've bought it. You're going to, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. what do we think about you know, how this episode ended. And I don't mean with Adam, you know, being ex- exiled from the TARDIS, but, you know, the way we see the big blob slob taken down. A little, little science there. I, I, I did like the idea that, um, it's, it's a, he's a huge mass, so he's generating heat. And yeah. that that's why he's taken up residence in Satellite 5, because he can manipulate the structure there and, and keep himself at a, there's a reasonable temperature. I, I, I like that. Yeah. And it also makes it easy to destroy him because you just have to monkey with that. Yeah. 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 yeah also, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, I was just going to say also the Catholic is sacrifice is willing yeah. to sacrifice yourself for the truth, which is, which is t- tremendously heroic. So, you know, three cheers for a member of the human race in the future. So yeah, n- now you're thinking, now you're thinking, now you're uh, thinking. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. And in, in that moment, she makes the decision uh, to do us right, you know, 
I should have been on the 500th floor. <laughs> yeah, so just just good to see um, her character slowly throughout the episode change her opinion as new information became available. You know, That's she didn't. Right. She didn't stay. Although she tried to hold on to it hard, she tried sure. to hold on to that opinion she had. Yeah, but. But but once she came to a realization of, you know, what was wrong and and what needed to be fixed, she she did the right thing. So that was really cool. So kind of to be piggyback on what you just said, I saw that exactly what like what you just said. But in the sense and I'm going back to one of the first questions I asked was what makes a journalist a journalist? Mm. The doctor saying what he did to her about, you know, you know, you're not a journalist. I think in some way, whether consciously or subconsciously, motivated her to start asking those questions and kind of prompted her to to find out what was going on and then take action. Now, I'm not saying being an action, taking action is journalism. That's not necessarily what I mean. But she stopped just listening and started asking. Yeah, and I, I do think they kind of missed yeah. the opportunity because every action she took was really to, uh, you know, change the structure of the satellite to, you know, not allow uh, Max to continue surviving. But I kind of thought they were going to go, going to go in the direction of uh, her disseminating the true information down to the people. Uh, of course, the doctor says, you know, the people are not on their way to be the, the greatest nation they, or civilization they should be. But, you know, I thought they would, she would take that opportunity to, you know, push the correct information down. That's the only thing I thought was kind of missing from that scene. Good point. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me ask you this. And and I'm, I'm going to ask a question about uh, taking Adam home. Are we supposed to believe that they literally walked in the TARDIS and then immediately walked right out of the TARDIS again into his bedroom? <laughs> I, I had I didn't remember that that's sort of the way that was cut, but that I I I understood that as just sort of a, a visual storytelling shortcut that that was, but it but it but it really did look like they walked in one door and out the out out through a back door. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, I I kind of think it was done on purpose and and. In the sense of I, I am so ticked with, you know, this guy, which for some reason we don't call an idiot. We call Mick an idiot. Uh, so, OK, uh, you and your boyfriends, Rose. Um, but, you know, it was just like I'm done with you. And as soon as they walked in that TARDIS, they were <laughs> I'm dropping you off immediately. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the editing basically was a like a slap to the back of the head. <laughs> like we're going in this door and right out again, bam, you know, they're there. Yeah. You're out of here. <laughs> well, my thing with him was he increasingly became unlikable throughout the entire episode, even to the point of when the doctor confronts him, he basically says, well, it was your fault for bringing me here or giving me the phone or whatever, you know, the, his response was, but he was basically blaming the doctor for, well, I did what I did because you did blah, blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the worst. <laughs> That's just, yeah. yeah, if he wasn't going to get left behind before, he certainly was after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, the, so. you know, the, I, I think if, if this would have been the sixth Doctor, he would have left him on uh, Satellite 500 or whatever it was. He right. would have just left him and said, you left, know. <laughs> yeah, or left him on the moon. Or left him on the moon somewhere. Yeah. 
I, I read this comment on uh, IMDb today, and I thought it was interesting that, um, and I, I haven't really thought through every companion or traveler before, but uh, w- one of the commenters on this episode said that Adam has the dubious distinction of being the first and to date only companion to get to get ejected like this. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. And then with the further note that there were companions who were forced to let, to stay behind, but it wasn't for bad behavior, like, like Susan, obviously. And, and Sarah Jane gets told, you know, I can't take you to Gallifrey. Donna gets taken back home for her own good. Uh, you know, Tegan goes back because she said it's not fun anymore. Um, but Dodo yeah, nobody just, else. Dodo just disappears. It's just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just uh, through yeah through failure of continuity. So does so does uh, uh, Mel, right? Yeah, thanks but, to continuity. Continuity, but but uh, but really, only Adam's the only one to get fired, basically, and rightfully so. Yeah, even yep. Turlo didn't get fired. Right. Yeah. You know. So yeah. do do we know of anyone else who's fainted? Upon seeing the wonders of the TARDIS in action, <laughs> he may have that distinction too. <laughs> yeah, I think so, a lot of people have come close. Yeah, but he's the only one who uh, actually did it. No, I mean, yeah. there's been like, you know, shock and all, but I mean, mm. you know, even back in the 60s, uh, you know, Ian and Barbara questioned, we saw that, but they didn't go like, I mean, and if anybody was going to um, faint, it would have been, you know, the 60s were the time of. <gasps> yeah, it's true. We need a big reaction. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Of course, one of the things to like about the three doctors is the brigadier going in for the first time. And his immediate response is, so this is what you've been doing with unit funds. <laughs> 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 Are you not even impressed by this? Or just, you know? <laughs> That's great. But, you know, I think I have to say, you know, and I know this is off topic here, but one of the best, um, you know, reactions to going inside the TARDIS has to go to Bill. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a kitchen. <laughs> All right, so I think we've played the long game through to the end. So uh, any other closing thoughts that you guys have? Um, yes, I just want to say um, the very beginning when uh, Rose and the Doctor first come out the TARDIS and uh, they kind of played a, a slight role reversal and, and Rose is suddenly the expert. Did. <laughs> and that was so good. I That's loved right. It. I loved it. And I then you... Yep. Yeah. And and when it gets to the part where, you know, Rose is not that adept or attuned to what's going on, she's like, Doctor, explain. Yeah. I'll, I'll let the doctor t- describe this for you. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I love that too and I forgot about it. And I thought it's walking us towards the time in uh, Flatline that I enjoy so much where uh, yeah. the doctor and uh, Clara have to trade places completely. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, it goes into another level of Billy Piper just being a fantastic, no pun intended, companion. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's nothing to not like about Billy Piper. True. So let me ask this. Ratings, one to five. Lee, I'll let you go first. I'm going to give it, uh, now that you've um, told us how molecular we can be with this, I'm going to give it a (laughs) 3.75. So... Because you 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 were four point nine five last time, so uh, it's it, it's um 
it's it's it is satire this is this is a uh, this is a piece that just means to to call the audience's attention to something happening in the real world and um you know that's it just sort of sits down on that and there's a lot of fun ideas in it is it my favorite episode of all time no uh but i really did enjoy it again this time and uh great performances throughout it. Yeah. and again rtd never writes a boring minor character so you gotta love it for that so yeah 3.75 Okay, Mr. Brown. Uh, I'm going about a 3.9. I really enjoyed this episode. I really, really had a lot of fun with this episode. Um, Just how the, I think the whole environment was very well realized. Uh, They managed to create this space station that was very believable to me, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't get a bunch of special effects, but we saw, I think, were okay. And, you know, just, just a fun episode where, you know, you get to see this new companion come in and and, and botch everything up. So, um, <laughs> and you know the doctor, you know, he give anybody a hug. So, hey, I, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. So, um, Lee, since you made the reference of my uh, extending, you know, the ratings out a bit, I suggest you go and listen to the episode where we review Black Panther because I take that rating to another level. So. <laughs> In that same vein, I'm going oh, to boy. give it a 3.526. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I give it, you know, basically a 3.5 for basically the same things that you guys said. I, I give it those extra little numbers there for the simple fact of, A, I was able to have fun at the beginning with the episode, and B, it seemed timely and i think anything written that can be reinterpreted that that not only holds up as a story but also holds enough weight that it can be reinterpreted later you know good writing so kudos okay so guys do you have any other thing you would like to share before we do our closing um yeah you can check out more of uh things that i'm on as well as kyle jones there uh, we're on the discussing, oh, I'm sorry. Wow. Discussing comics. Yeah. Discussing comics, of course, but we're also on the, the, uh, Star Trek Discovery podcast, which you can find at stdpodcast.com where we talk about all things Trek and more. And the season is over. So we're going to dive into different things like novels, comic books, maybe look at some of the, um, the figurines stuff that's coming out as well as just Trek news. So yeah, check us out there at stdpodcast.com. Colleen's and I kind of botched that ending right there. So anybody listening, just blame it on me. I was taken over by Satellite 500 in a world. I had to go back into this forest as I say, your turn, Mr. Shackoff. Well, first of all, I'd just like to uh, honor the memory of Don LaFontaine, who these guys have been endlessly uh, imitating tonight. And uh, <laughs> they, they didn't know the yeah. man's name, but yes, Don LaFontaine. <laughs> yes, may he rest in peace. He died about 10 years ago, but yeah. And, and I remember that all of the, when his obituaries were going out there, nobody could resist saying, in a world in which Don LaFontaine no longer narrates trailers. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> So but uh, it is. But, you know, the joke is irresistible. Um, anyway, um, yeah, um, RelativityPodcast.com. It's, uh, I, I, there's new content coming one of these days. I swear it. A new because fit. I'm writing. I, <laughs> exactly. A new fit of uh, relativity. I am writing scripts right now, and I am uh, I, I'm trying to write ten at a time, and I've got eight of them done, so you know. 
Sweet. I'm closing in on it. Yeah. So there you go. Anyway, um, yeah, that's that's what I'm up to. So so the thing here is I'm I, I I'm going to admit a little bit of jealousy that one of the other persons who is not Lee Shackelford, not, not not that I want to be a voice. I don't want to be a voice. I like listening, but he gets he's going to know more than me and I can't take it. <laughs> Inside scoop. Inside yeah. scoop, sir. Actually, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be tickled to send both of you the, the scripts once they're finished, but uh. I, 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 I will say this. I might be, um, in, in, in retaliation, I might be just, oh, I don't know, compelled to purchase a recorder. Oh, uh, God. There you go. Uh, oh, dear. Oh, I seem oh, to have lost idiot. and bought a recorder. <laughs> in a world <laughs> where Kyle is banned from recorders. Sheesh. Okay. Oh. For anybody listening who think we are completely off our rockers, <laughs> yeah, chances that would are, be pretty much everybody, I think. <laughs> yeah. Chances are it's probably true. Yeah. So I think I will do at this point and say to everyone listening, thank you again for listening to us, uh, for sticking with us. And we are marching toward our episode 100 so thank you for listening whether you are a long-time listener or whether you're brand new we're glad that you listen we're glad to have you make sure to subscribe to the show and finally once again thanks for listening we'll be back next time discussing who is brought to you by audible you've probably heard of audible but just in case they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks they have more than 180,000 titles let me say that again 180,000 titles to choose from imagine a genre they've got an audiobook and these files play on smartphones kindles tablets in fact over 500 different devices now for fans of discussing who audible is offering a free download when you start a new audible subscription and you can choose anything at all from that vast library, but we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song, and they're performed for you by actors you know and love, wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant, the list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.